I'm going to ask uh, Michelle Amerson to come to the uh, platform. I've asked uh, Michelle to share her uh, testimony. Let me give you the uh, connection uh, that we have with uh, Michelle for the sake of our guest that may not be familiar with our family. Uh, my wife and I have 10 children. Our youngest in the very glittery hat down here is Carissa. Uh, Carissa was born with uh, Down syndrome and is 24 years old now. And, uh, and uh, here in the church family, we know just the wonderful blessing and gift that she has been. Well, uh, Mike and Ma uh, Angie Maldonado operate Midtown Coffee House. Uh, great place to go. And uh, many of you have been there and they were kind enough, I guess a number of years ago, about the time you opened, they, they hired uh, Carissa and, and Carissa works there. And then eventually they brought on Michelle as an employee and Carissa and Michelle met. And Carissa will tell you, if she were introducing Michelle, she would say, this is my best friend, my B, <laughs> that's right, B, A, B, F, F. And, uh, uh, and they have a very close relationship. We appreciate Michelle's patience because Carissa will text her at all hours in the night. Uh, and uh, they have this great relationship. Uh, they, they go out to eat together. And uh, again, through their relationship, we got to know uh, Michelle and she's attended here different uh, times and just a wonderful, wonderful testimony of God's grace. I'm not going to take away from that and let her share that. I know Michelle is very, very nervous, so right now show her your love and give her a great Edgewood welcome. Peer pressure was never really an issue. 
But as I started my new job and started hanging out with different new groups of people, I began being introduced to things I never had been before. I started expanding my circle and began drifting into a party and lifestyle. The very first drug I ever tried was ecstasy and GHB. These are two of the most deadliest drugs on the market and I was instantly in awe of how they made me feel. I spent most of my weekends in clubs, raves, or just getting high. I was continually making excuses to myself for justifying that it would just be a weekend thing, that I was young and I would stop soon. I was so wrong. To stand here and even recap the timetable of what the next decade of my life looked like would take some time, so let me just give you the main points and allow you to take a glimpse into what drugs did to my life. So the party continues. I graduate high school and I enrolled in college. I'm still in the clubs every weekend at this point. I've become very promiscuous and at age 20, I become pregnant with my first son, Jalen. I am living at home at this point. My parents asked me to leave. Me and my oldest brother move out together. Jalen is born and we are barely making it. We talked to a few people we knew and decided we'd start selling cocaine to make ends meet for a little while. This starts the cycle of another addiction. Fast money and a love for speed. I was instantly hooked to this drug, but the high selling it was almost as powerful. We go on doing this for a few years until we got tipped off that we were about to get busted by the police. Our brother packs up everything and we go our separate ways to keep our, all of us safe. During this time, I get pregnant again and I have an abortion. To even begin to heal from this never happened because I got pregnant again. I had a little baby girl that I gave her for adoption. My life was utterly out of control, and I was so broken and disgusted with myself. Jail time and probation happened quite often during this time. I just could not get it together. I then meet a guy that I ended up marrying. From the outside looking in, I felt like he was everything in a guy I've been looking for. He had a great job. He was handsome. He was sociable, fun, and he loved me despite what I had done. So I thought there were tons of red flags, but I ignored them. The next few years, I plan a wedding, we buy a house, I start my own business, and life is truly great. We were both are very successful for years. I have all my old friends back, and the past is the past, but I never dealt with any of it. And eventually, me and my husband start easing back into the partying scenes again, and his drinking starts getting totally out of control. Before you know it, we were doing drugs together and fighting like crazy. But then I get pregnant, and I have a little boy named Connor. I get sober, but my husband doesn't. The next few years, or me trying to stay sober, be a good mom, or trying to keep him calm enough not to fight for the kids physically and verbally. It ends in pure destruction. I leave with the kids and for a while I hold it together until meth and opiates sneak into my life. Methamphetamines, pain pills, methadone, and Roxy's become an everyday habit for me. My life spiraled completely out of control. I lost everything, including my children. I wanted to die. The next few years, I started selling drugs myself to stay high. My family would have no idea where I was for weeks or months at a time. In and out of jail was normal for me at this time as well. The things I've seen and done out there are sometimes more than I can bear to think about. I did not know how I would ever get out of all of this alive. During this season, I had a very wealthy guy come into my life that fueled my drug habit. He gave me money, cars, a place to live. I ended up pregnant once again. I hid the pregnancy from everyone. In December 2012, I have a baby boy and I named him Jackson. His dad immediately took him from me and I literally on the brink of losing my mind. At this time, I stepped into another relationship that almost ends up deadly. He was very abusive and on numerous times almost killed me. 
I was broken, I was lost, I was scared, and more hopeless than I'd ever been in my life. But you know what? The words that our God speaks over us will always trump and overpower the words spoken to us by the enemy. Jesus literally gave me a revelation and spoke life over me when I was in the middle of heaven. I caught it right now. I felt a sense of hope, peace, and supernatural guidance that I will never forget. If my soul thirsts for God, Psalm 63, and I am created in His image, Genesis 1:26, the only explanation for my thirst for Him is His own thirst for me. I was longing for Him just as He was longing for me. Y'all, the enemy was engineering my addiction, but Jesus Christ had already mapped out my deliverance. His mercy is compassionate. His mercy is compassionate and his grace is transformative. The Lord placed it on my oldest brother and two of my high school friends to read their hearts to reach out to me. And they intervened and got me somewhere safe. They detoxed me for 21 days. The withdrawals and detox was the worst I'd ever dealt with in my life. But everywhere I turned, I was seeing and hearing the word redemption. I remember laying on the couch watching my friends play darts, and every time one of them hit the dartboard, he yelled redemption. The Lord knew that that word was pulling me closer and closer to him. I immediately asked for a Bible and read every scripture I could that related to his redeeming love and power. Then I started asking for help, finding an inpatient rehab. I walked through the doors of Damascus Way on April 1st, 2015. Since then, God has totally transformed my world. Damascus Way is a home for the broken, where the weary can find rest, where his wisdom reigns over the hardness of our hearts and the loud voices of the world. It is where once again we can find ourselves at the foot of the cross, humbled by his sacrifice and amazed by his transforming power in us. It is where we can be filled up to go out and proclaim to a lost world that it is in us, but it's Christ in us. I have freedom in Jesus Christ today. I have overcome because of Jesus. I graduated the program in January 2016, just in awe of everything the Lord was doing in my life, and so excited for the next season. Through the past three and a half years, so many incredible things have happened. I got a job at Midtown Poppy, which has been one of the most divine opportunities the Lord has gave me. I love you, my giving you so much. Um, they are my family, and I love them more than I could ever tell y'all. Um, a divine connection never has to be forced. It will carry favor with it. God will give you favor with the right people at the right time. I then came on staff at Damascus Way as a program assistant, which has been my dream since I walked through the doors. Um, Y'all, the Holy Spirit will leave nothing in depth within the heart. He is all about the healing business. And the Lord was healing and restoring the damage I had done to me and my boys. But there was still such a huge part of my heart that was just empty. We serve a mighty, mighty God. Right before what would have been my daughter, whom I gave up for adoption, 12th birthday, Sage called me into her office. She told me to sit down. She said she had something to tell me. She proceeded to tell me that there was a little girl that wanted to meet her mom. I lost it. That was a moment I would never forget. This started the journey of me meeting her parents and finally meeting my daughter, Kaylee. We have built a beautiful relationship, and words cannot begin to describe how thankful I am to my Lord and Savior. He has restored every single thing that enemy has took from me. Royalty is now my identity. Intimacy with Jesus is my life. Thank you for letting me share.
thank you, Michelle. And of course, uh, what she shared is everything we're celebrating this morning. Amen? Uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the uh, wonderful change and transformation He can bring to our lives uh, through His grace. And uh, as you heard in this beautiful testimony, uh, once caught by God, there's no escape. Uh, he loves us with an eternal love uh, that will never fail us, that will never let us go. And as you often heard me say, also will not let us off. Uh, he's committed to accomplishing his purposes in us. So just a fabulous testimony that we're not only delivered from the penalty of sin, uh, but also from the power of sin. And of course, one day we'll be delivered what, from the very presence of sin. And we give him the praise for that. You know, as we go into the Lord's Supper, let me just be very transparent for a moment. This has been a very difficult time, of course, in the, in the life of our church. Uh, uh, recently, you know that Ada Everman, almost just back-to-back, -back, lost both her husband and her son. And then uh, we lost Larry Hudson's. And then I think most of you are aware of the fact, and if you're not, I'm making you aware now and calling the church to prayer. Uh, James Wilson, our church administrator, his wife, Nan, uh, this past week was diagnosed with a stage four pancreatic cancer that has spread to her, spread to her liver. And, uh, and you know, I, and I mentioned those individuals, but as pastor, I mean, there are many others in this church family that are struggling with various issues and adversity, uh, some physical, some are relational issues that either they are having or their loved ones are having. And uh, there are just a lot, a lot of people that are in pain, that are in distress right now. And uh, my heart hurts for them, and I know yours does as well. And if you're one of those that is hurting, uh, we want you to know that we love you and that we want to make ourselves available uh, to you. And let me just, you know, I don't have time to uh, uh, develop a lesson or a message, just a very, very brief devotional, just to encourage us in all of this. Just uh, uh, three passages out of Romans chapter 8. Three different times in Romans 8, you see the phrase, all things. And I just want to remind you of those three passages. And the first is probably the most familiar, and that is Romans 8, 28. And there we read, and we know that God causes, well, what's the next phrase? All things. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And when he mentions those who love God and are called according to His purpose, those are just synonyms for believers, for followers of Christ. So the promise here is that God will never allow anything to touch the life of one of His redeemed children unless he knows he can ultimately let that work for his child's good and his greater glory. And the reason for that 
is the very next verse because as God's child, we are predestined to become what? Conformed to the image of his son. So when Michelle placed her faith in Jesus, when I placed my faith in Jesus, when you placed your faith in Jesus, Jesus determined that the outcome of your faith would be that you would be made more and more like Jesus Christ. And we enter that process, and of course that process is not complete until when? when we, until we see Jesus uh, face uh, to face. And uh, he uses those adversity, he uses those trials, uh, again, to shape us, to conform us into his image. And then ultimately, living in a fallen world, uh, he uses death itself to take us from this world, what? Into his presence, into all that he's prepared for those who love him. But then that phrase, all things, is used a little bit further down in Romans 8. In uh, verse 31, we read, What then shall we say to these things? So those all things in life, the good and the bad, that God works together for our good to conform us into the image of His Son, to work for His greater uh, glory. And uh, this is the way He answers that question. If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him, with Jesus, freely give us all things? In other words, the promise is, as we confront those all things in life, as we live in a fallen world that is not right, and as we know God has not given the believer any special immunity, from pain, from adversity, from suffering, from sickness, from death, injustice, wrong. As we confront those things, God says we can also be certain that He will freely give us everything that we need. I mean, if He gave us His best, His Son, how would He ever withhold anything from us? So He says you can have the assurance in the midst of life's trials, in the midst of life's adversity, that I'm going to be there for you. And I'm going to meet every need that you have going forward. You know, we often are surprised when we get the news that the Hudson's got recently or that uh, James and Ann and their family received. But God wasn't caught by surprise. God never panics. He provides. He meets us in our pain, in our adversity. He comes along our side uh, to love us, uh, to encourage us, uh, to provide grace for us. Again, as we walk with Him, uh, He doesn't remove us from those things, but He gives us His presence what, in the midst of those things to sustain us. But then there's one other place He refers to the all things, and that's in verse 37. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly, what? Conquer. We began the service with what? Victory in Jesus. But in all things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Him, Jesus, who loved us. For I am convinced that neither 
death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. So I do call the church to pray uh, for uh, James and Nan and their family at this, uh, at this time. Uh, of course, we want to continue to pray for folks like the Hudsons, the Evermans, and you know many, many others in this church family that are struggling with various things. But as we pray, let's pray with confidence in our God Amen. that there's nothing that He will ever allow to touch our lives that He did not ultimately plan for our good and His greater glory. And as we go through those things, He's promised to give us whatever we need. And because of that, we do overwhelmingly conquer in all things. Uh, not through our strength, not through our abilities, but what? His love. His love that will never fail us. Again, that love that will never let us down, never let us go, uh, but never let us off. So let's celebrate that reality uh, this morning. Uh, let me ask the elders and the uh, deacons or the leaders if they would go ahead and take their places and uh, prepare themselves for administering the Lord's Supper. <coughs> 